This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Thursday. Good evening. It is Kenny and Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny, and that is the music of the Big Ten on CBS. Let's let it sit for a second. What's up, Zach? Hello. I knew I, I knew it was going to have something to do with that because you're obsessed with it, which is awesome. I love that you're that like emotionally invested in a song that comes on for like the first what 15, 20 seconds, and then when they're coming back from halftime and that type of thing, right? Yes. Or no, when they're going to breaks too, right? It's mostly just introducing it's just, yeah, it's the, just game. the introduction. So what that makes me think about, you're too young for this, but NBA on. T, uh, NBA on NBC. It was like this John John Tesh song. That yeah, it's they, the guy bouncing his hands like he's playing piano. Yes. I know that. You know that song? Yes, of course. That's NBA on uh, NBC. When the NBA when N- the NBA was on NBC, now Fox uses it as their college basketball lead-in song, and I'm like, I like both, but it's just it's just weird. Like you're expecting to see Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. In the mid-90s, like, pulling up and, and beating uh, the Supersonics or uh, or the Utah Jazz. And instead, you're getting Villanova and, like, Seton Hall. We don't need to throw strays at Villanova, but I understand what you're saying. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like a Big East game or, okay, yeah. Marquette and DePaul, like, games that you don't want to watch. So you're saying you think it's going to be weird when we turn on the television and put on CBS and it is a dreary night in North or day, better, in yeah. Northwestern. It's, you know, Indiana at Northwestern on CBS. You think that's going to be weird. In that 2.30 window, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a little weird. going to be a little weird. And I think we're going to get a lot of those. Uh, I think, here's the thing. I think we're going to get a lot of those games in 2023. I don't know how many we'll get after the SEC leaves. Like, just like games where you're like, this doesn't make any sense at all. So, first of all, to set the stage here, we say all this because today, the Big Ten officially announced their new television deal. I am happy today, Zach, because it is the final day, I hope, of the offseason that has included so much off-the-field story and off-the-field discussion about realignment and NIL and the portal and television deals. I'm happy that today is the last day we have to go into the nuts and bolts of all of it and react. And then going forward, it's all about football. So first and foremost, that's my thought. Good luck with that. Yeah, whatever. I it's inevitable, but still, I I'm trying to put it aside after tonight at least. I the nuts and bolts. It is a seven year media rights deal with Fox, CBS, NBC, Peacock, and FS1, worth a record seven to eight billion dollars. And then it also includes potential escalators that could increase the value to ten billion if the Big Ten were to expand. If Further, when the Big Ten expands <laughs> further, I, I I don't know when. I, I'm it's not going to say it's going to happen. Like I, that's where I'm saying, like yeah, yeah, you got your. We're all about football now. Uh, when the Big Ten talks about expanding, like it may not be tomorrow, it may not be the next day, but you know things are moving in that direction very yes. very quickly. So I very very quickly. There's so much here within the articles written about the contract and the contract itself. Uh, first and foremost, it is backloaded where you have the SEC on CBS in 2023 before that contract ends. After that year, it will be all Big Ten. And then you obviously have USC and UCLA joining in 2024. So more of the money will come in 
down the road in those years when the Big Ten looks like it will look moving forward, which is not obviously how it sits right now. Uh, I mean, a lot to take away from it. My first thought when this passed, and we'll get into the money and stuff, but part of me is a little bit excited as a avid viewer of the sport for a Saturday to fall out to a noon game or 11 a.m. here on Fox, 2.30 on CBS, and 6 p.m. on NBC. I think for the viewer, because the inventory in terms of games will be great. Once you add better teams, better games will be played. And I, I think as a viewer, it will make it fun and interesting to see it align like it does in the NFL. I know that a lot of people have been pointing this out all day, but it, it really does underscore where Kevin Warren is coming, <clears throat> excuse me, where he's coming from, from an NFL perspective, where the NFL has windows noon, 325, and then 730. And so you're, you have NFL football throughout the entire day on Sunday. That's the way it's going to be for the Big Ten on Saturdays. Every Saturday, this isn't going to be like a night game sometimes or a two thirty game sometimes or where you're not going to have a Big Ten game going on in that particular window. It's going to be every single week that uh, you're going to have a uh, the, you know big noon kickoff on on Fox two thirty game on CBS and then you know whatever they're going to call the thing on NBC Saturday night football. I assume something like that uh, based on what they do with Sunday night football with the NFL. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be you're, you're going to have essentially. On TV from 11 to 10, maybe even later, depending on if, if that, because I, I don't think that game is going to be on at six, right? That game's not going to be at six. It's no gonna chance. Be, it's going to be at like seven or 730. And so you're going to be on TV until 11 o'clock at night. You're going to have 12 hours of Big Ten football in that window. And, yeah. and they're going to have like a, a pregame show. Like NBC is going to have their pregame show like on, lo- like on location at these games, it's going to be huge. Football night in middle America. Yes, yes, exactly. If exactly. they want to take that idea, uh, you're more than welcome to. I'm sure they're listening. A, a fun note that I saw, and I didn't think would actually come to fruition, the Fox game has obviously dominated the big matchup. We see Ohio State, Michigan there. We've seen, we saw Wisconsin play there three times last year. Unfortunately. Didn't go well in any of those games. Ralph Russo of the Associated Press, who was covering this, tweeted out earlier today, also of note, one network will not control the first pick of games every week as the C- as CBS did with the SEC. They got the best game every single time. There will be a draft, some sort of selection process that allows opportunities for each network to have the top game. So I love that. It's it's We're going to joke around, and many in SEC country are joking around. We're going to get Indiana, Rutgers, uh, 2.30 on uh, CBS, which... I mean, even we wouldn't enjoy necessarily watching that game. I would because I'm a sucker for Big Ten football, but it's an ugly football game. We're going to go through the day where different weeks we'll see premier game number one there on CBS. I think it'll feel normal then. I'll uh, smile. Uh, you, you're, you love premier football, right? Like premier Big Ten football. You love, it's, but you, you think that game's going to be ugly? You, you're a fan of Wisconsin. I don't know if you know this or not, but a lot of people would consider what Wisconsin is slightly ugly. Yeah, and I would slightly disagree with their takes. When Wisconsin is operating well, it's a ugly brand of football to some. I think it's quite beautiful when executed well. When it's executed poorly, like it was for parts of last year, it's hideous. We were we were uh, very young people the last time it worked uh, properly. When would that be? Twenty nineteen. So very, very young, very young people. We hadn't been through a pandemic. We've, we've aged extensively since then. So Jack Cohen was not in the NFL. He was at not. That point. 
You know, you know who I saw this week up in Green Bay? Ian Book. Yeah. He uh, was the quarterback prior to Jack Cohn at Notre Dame. Uh, I believe he led them to the college football playoff at one point. May have been his, was it his senior year that he went to the playoff? Yeah, I don't think they scored. Right, right, but they made it to the playoff, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, and then he got drafted. Allegedly. Fourth round. Hard to say. He's not a big guy. Not a big guy at all. Jack no. Cohn definitely taller than him. So he's got, at least he's at least he's got that on him. So uh, going back to the the TV deal, uh, there's the money thing. I mean, it's one of those situations where now I think the Big Ten, in terms of money per year, is only behind the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA, and the MLB in terms of the money it brings in ahead of the NHL and ahead of the SEC, which has not signed a new rights deal. I mean, cool. The money comes in. The school gets a lot of money. They pay the coaches more. They invest in infrastructure. I The money thing doesn't matter to me as much. I don't look at a big number and think, oh, this is awesome. Do you know who it does man- matter to? Who? It matters to Wisconsin. Because on the same day that they that this was announced, that this plan was announced, uh, or I should say the deal was announced, Chris McIntosh presented a $300 million plan, um, or I should say revealed it, uh, made made some of these deta- details public on a new complete Football facility. What are you? What are you doing? Brian Windhorst meme. Now, why is that? Now, why is that? Why is that? Uh, so what? This is it's what it's going to be. It, this um, this is according to uh, uh, Todd uh, Maluski from the Wisconsin State Journal. A 100 yard synthetic turf field with a 90 foot ceiling height at the center to allow for kicking and punting. Now, this for anybody that's aware, uh, or I should say, familiar with downtown and the Camp Randall area, the shell, which is I think built in 1955. Uh, would be gone. It would be gone. They would move the track from there into the McLean Center, which is held, uh, which has been the practice facility, indoor practice facility for Wisconsin, I think, since the late 1980s, uh, and then just completely redo this whole thing. So it'd be new strength and conditioning facilities, uh, team meeting rooms, dining hall, sports medicine office, uh, coach offices there, new spaces for the uh, Hall of Fame and the Bucky's locker room, and uh, it would just essentially what it would do is they're trying to make themselves competitive, they think, in recruiting uh, and, and the facilities aspect of it to try and um, turn things up. Because the McLean Center, while I think it's it's fine, it's not nearly on what some of these other places are doing. I mean, you can just think about Northwestern, what Northwestern built on the shores of Lake Michigan, like their entire facility, like you can look out and it's just the lake. Like that's the, that's like the next thing over from where the practice facility is. It's, it's insane, and it's like those things matter to kids. It's nicer than their field. It's much nicer than their field. I think they, yeah, they put some money into the field, and you might have some more actual Northwestern fans out there. But, <laughs> like, you don't, I, I don't know if this has helped or not, but look at their recruiting class. They've done, they've, they've had some success there. Yeah. I'm not, again, I'm not saying that that's all it's based on, but I think this is a, not to mention it helps the team. Right now, McLean Center, not a 100-yard field. And you can't punt and kick in there because there, the uh, ceiling is too low. For a, for a team that in a, in a program that's been in the top 20 for much of the last 30 years, that's not, that's not good enough. They've, they've done some upgrades, you know, some of the, the academic upgrades in and around Camp Randall. We know what they did in the south end zone and that type of stuff. This one, I think, uh, really, really will affect the players. Can they receive the snaps on punts in the McLean Center? They can. I don't Asking know. for a friend. I, I don't know why that wasn't something that was worked on in 2019, but it, it apparently was not. Yeah, I, I don't know. The, the recruiting thing, I find trouble, at least now, finding a cause and effect 
when it comes to recruiting and roster development and all that stuff in college football because of all the factors out there and how nonlinear they all are. Where in the NFL, we could point to great drafting or great free agent acquisition. In college, it's like, uh, is your NIL up to speed? There's so much going on that it's hard to find the cause and effect. But I guess, like, I, I saw the headline as well today. Cool. But it's also like, I guess. Cr- like Cincinnati does not have an indoor facility down in, in Cincinnati. There's the Bengals no, or the, Bengals the college? Do, the Bengals do not have an indoor facility. Right. That program and that, I should say, that organization has been viewed as, as cheap and, and below, eh, I don't say below board, like, but like not necessarily somewhere you want to go and play. Now they've drafted well recently, and that's why they're playing for a Super Bowl. But for a long for a long stretch, they just weren't that type of uh, organization, right? And so people didn't necessarily want to go there. The Packers for a long time had you know not necessarily investing, not obviously in the last thirty years, but not investing before that. So I don't know. I, I think it's one of those situations where it all helps. I just don't know. If you're going to have to start paying players down the line, would you put money into that or would you put money into paying those players? It's interesting. There was a headline recently. I didn't really see it as big news because everybody has discussed this, but there are there is some thoughts around the college football playoff committee of possibly breaking away. They're talking about what it would look like. I think that's significant news. You well, it didn't catch news? it didn't catch me by surprise. But the fact that they're actually like we've all talked about it like, oh yeah, I think the NCAA should do this and we've heard some member some like ADs say, yeah, I think this is kind of the way it should go. Barry Alvarez told us when we were at yeah. Big 10 Media Days that well, if the NCAA is not going to NCAA is not going to enforce their NIL rules and all that stuff, maybe maybe something else and and so he even suggested, but for the fact that people that are actually going to make these decisions are having conversations about it, I think that's significant. It is. I I, I think down the road it, it's probably inevitable. A couple other things with the uh, with the media rights to hit. Uh, a quote from the Sports Illustrated piece by uh, Pat Fort earlier today reads. Uh, says one athletic administrator at an SEC school, quote, got to figure college game day with the ESPN now will not be covering Big Ten football. It, it will not broadcast it. Got to figure college game day isn't going to show up in a Big Ten game very often. You got to think they won't be spending too much time on the Big Ten. It's going to be fascinating to see. From a recruiting perspective, it is a concern for some coaches in the league, one Big Ten administrator says, but it's not such a worry as it would have been just a few years ago. Uh, quote, five years ago, they would have freaked out, the administrator says. Uh, and then Pat goes on to to list that while not having ESPN is weird and it might lead to maybe less coverage, youth these days or kids these days, boomer take, uh, aren't watching SportsCenter at the clip they were, uh, even when I was younger, and I'm sure everybody else listening. So I do I think the you mentioned what the money coming in and what new facilities could do to maybe affect recruiting positively. The whole ESPN being out of the picture, I don't, I don't really see it as an effect, but it will be interesting to see if there is a little backhanded slight thrown by ESPN. We're now, okay, we have a choice between a crappy Big 12 game between Cincinnati and BYU, but they're both ranked, and then we have a premier Big 10 game. Let's see which one we pick. There was a stretch there for a long time that none of the major high quality sec games run espn like everything uh, the greatest in everything still kind of is is on uh is on cbs but even like before like their their current deal where they have the sec network and all that stuff way before that they didn't have it and yet the sec was still 
very much talked about. I think that this is a this is a situation where is ESPN going to be like, well, screw them, right? Because they got dumped in a way. They Even did, though they well, didn't, they, though they chose not to re up, but they were offered a non premier slot of games for double the price they were already paying. Right. I think the Big Ten went and they offered them a package that it would not have been smart to accept. Right. But it's and it's also a situation where it's not necessarily. I think that they're still going to have some opportunities for basketball games. I think to be able to to have packages there with ESPN. I don't think like the relationship's going to be completely just done for. And also, people. I don't. I mean, social media matters for kids these these days. And I also think like does does cable having cable like in vitally important thing for people these days. Nobody my age I know has cable. Right. Yeah. For the longest time, I had I, I had a cable. Haven't had it for the last few years. I think I've been able to stay up on what's going on in college football, and especially you think about where these Big Ten games are going to be: NBC, CBS, and Fox. Do you need cable to get any of those three? No. No. Okay. All right. But but what? Peacock. It was part of this meteorite deal, and sorry everybody for waiting 19 minutes to mention this is that eight football games per season and 47 basketball, likely the uh, non-premier games that you would have maybe seen on Big Ten Network, are going to be exclusively on NBC streaming partner Peacock. My question is, how early is too early to complain about how horrible Peacock is when broadcasting sports? Well, because I follow you on Twitter, I know for a fact that there was already complaints going on earlier today. Not by you, but by other people so yes. i think it's i don't think it's too early at all i have been complaining about peacock since july actually the u.s open blah 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 it was bad okay so uh, we'll see but I, I, peacock is part of it how does it affect wisconsin when wisconsin plays northwestern in basketball you might have to have peacock to watch the game just there like just like sometimes you have to have big 10 network to watch it that's true or big 10 plus btm plus to watch uh certain games those early season matchups that uh nobody really wants to watch Yep. It's all part of it. It is. And guess what? It's not going anywhere. But yep. I, I do find it funny having to have certain people figure out how to get Peacock. <laughs> like, that's just going to be hilarious. But, it, again, this whole like the BTM Plus and, and wanting to watch games that way has completely, you know, you, you'll figure it out. Or ESPN Plus, same way. Yep. All right. Uh, 608-321-1670. We, we have a great show today. So that was... Uh, the talk about the Big Ten television deal. We're going to talk about football coming up. Uh, there are a lot more angles to this that, that will be discussed and will be presented as they come along. But the Big Ten has signed a 7 to $8 billion television deal with Fox, CBS, NBC, Peacock. Uh, it could be up to $10 billion when the Big Ten expands further. They will have the SEC on CBS game, hence the intro today, uh, starting in 2024 full-time because the SEC is still there in 2023. We're going to step away. When we come back, coming up, I have my bold predictions for the Wisconsin football season. I will be off next week. Zach will be taking the reins, so I have to get these out there before I watch Northwestern and Nebraska take the field in Ireland. I'm telling you that. There is a rating system that I don't like to talk about before week four, but that came out this week. Wisconsin is at number 18. We'll touch on that quickly. And some big news about the show. Some expansion. I We talk about the Big Ten expanding. Some expansion news about the show, except Nicole Auerbach isn't breaking it to the country. That's all coming up next. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Zach Heilprin. It's Kenny and Heilprin.
This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, we're back. It's Kenny and Heilprin. Wisconsin football. Uh, less than two weeks, uh, a little more than two weeks. However you want to look at it, we're close to football. It's a little too a little more than two. You can smell it in the air. Uh, time aside. So did you when you left how, the house yesterday? Was it yesterday or the day before? It was cold. It was. It was like 55. I'm like, ooh, this is football. This is football. It felt football-ish. Which I, I'm very in for that. It obviously means the winter is coming. But for the first couple months, once you like the October sweet spot, maybe the late September sweet spot is what I love. But I'm in a state now with all this crap we've dealt with all offseason. I just want games. So even if it means winter's coming, I'm fine. With, with football being here. Before we get to, so you are practiced today, Zach. You have been there uh, as of, I, how many training camp practices have been open? Three oh. to four at this point? Three have been open in full. Uh, today's was not open. Um, there was no open practice today. There was media. Media today. But yeah, last practice that was open was on Monday. And then they're obviously going to have the public practice on Sunday. And that'll be the last one. So we will talk about your takeaways and thoughts from those practices, including on the passing game. But first, some important show news to note. And I'm going to tweet this out in a little bit as well. Follow at Kenny underscore Heilprin on Twitter to keep up with everything. I'm off next week. But starting on Tuesday the 30th, it is our first game week of the year. Wisconsin versus Illinois State coming up that Saturday. Our show... And this might be the biggest expansion news you've gotten all year is expanding. We are now going from this time slot of six to seven on Thursdays to Tuesdays from six to seven uh, on this station, podcast, online, all that stuff. And also, we will be live every Thursday, not from six to seven, but from five to six at Monk's Sports Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. We're looking into getting some other guests to join us for those appearances. But the first game week of the year, Tuesday, the 30th, we are starting to go live on Tuesdays from six to seven. And then also on Thursdays with potentially guests again, live at monks and sun Prairie as we get ready for the season. And those potential guests, former Badgers, potentially current Badgers, potentially we have plans. We have plans uh, that we will detail as we get closer to it. However, I'm really excited to be on location uh, because there's nothing better than having a beer and talking some football. I am excited because the last time we were on location, we talked to not only PJ Fleck, but Brett Bielema. We so did. And Barry Alvarez. The bar was set high then yeah. because I exceeded that expectation. We'll set some expectations here. You, expe- you We exceeded your expectations when we went down to Indy? No, I exceeded yours. Okay. Because uh, I got Brett. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That yes, was the did. only expectation. Yes, that was the only expectation. Come on. No, but yeah, no. Uh, so... If uh, you're in the area, stop on by. They're going to have some great, obviously, it's going to be uh, happy hour specials. So, I mean, we're going to, we will have a few, I know I will. I know uh, Ben's not drinking during weekdays unless it is a Wednesday. Um, and then. Uh, <laughs> I got to keep the show together. Uh, yeah. So we'll uh, see. a beer or two, some appetizers, stop on by. We'll have a good time. Talk Badger football leading into. Obviously, uh, every game on Saturday. Preview the games. Uh, Analytics Ben is going to make an appearance and get scoffed at by many. 
but <laughs> that's sure to be entertaining. Yes. Like when I picked Purdue to beat Wisconsin last year because they impressed me. So somehow, some way, I went back and saw that. Uh, or That game preview somehow popped up on my computer, and uh, I also picked Purdue. Okay. So cheers. I'm all right with that. All right. I'm, I'm okay with you picking Purdue. Uh, so more details on that are to come. Uh, to, we're moving to Tuesdays and Thursdays, an hour earlier on this Thursday slot, live at Monk's in Sun Prairie. Kenny underscore Heilprin on Twitter. Follow him at Zach Heilprin, myself at Ben Z. Kenny for more, uh, a lot more details to come, specifics, plans, shows, all that good stuff. So, Zach, real quick before we get to the Wisconsin training camp takeaways, the Badgers came in at number 18 in the media ran poll that I don't like talking about before week four. They are the fourth Big Ten team. However, they are the first ranked in the Big Ten West. Do you have a two-sentence summary of your thoughts? I'd say they're the only Big Ten team Big Ten team for the West ranked. Yes. Okay. Which is surprising. Biggest question coming out of that poll? Do you know what my biggest question coming out of that poll is? Because I, I brought it up on the morning show the other day. Uh, my biggest question is, when did you get an AP vote? Because for some reason, somehow, some way, Nebraska got a single vote, <laughs> which means somebody <laughs> voted them 25 in that poll. And you, usually this was like a Brett Be- like the coaches poll. Brett Bielema would always put Arkansas would get one vote because he put him at 25. You know who did it? Who? The Ohio State guy. Cleveland.com. <sighs> trying to pump up Ohio State's uh, schedule. I don't know you, if Nebraska you know, plays do, them. Do you know that for sure? No, I don't know that oh, at that all. Was just, that was just a bunch of BS. Speculation. Uh, you know, that to me is the biggest question. Like, when, that was, when I saw that, I was like, did, when did Ben get a freaking AP vote? Oh. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I, I thought like, you what? were saying that just completely arbitrarily. Like, when did you, as in what idiot, voted them 25th? No, not no. myself. I was saying you. When did, oh. when did Ben Z. Kenny... I would have voted them higher than 25th. Get a AP vote uh, because Nebraska got a single, year, a single vote. Now, to, uh, I think Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue all were in the receiving votes category among some of the other teams Wisconsin's going to face this year. But what do I think of it? I think it's too high, but I also think it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I, look, shouldn't say, I, sh- I shouldn't say it doesn't matter because the AP, It matters too much, at but it po- shouldn't matter. The AP... Doesn't matter, but I still feel like it, it at least addresses or at least because the CF, the, the college football playoff thing doesn't come out until November. So like what happens in August usually should not affect what's happening in November. Sometimes it does, though. Sometimes yep. it does. Yeah. Uh, if you want to be positive here, the last two years, Wisconsin has entered the season ranked 12th. They have finished the season unranked both times. However, in 2019, they were ranked 19th and finished 11th. So if you believe that whole when people like Wisconsin, they struggle. And when people doubt them, they do well thing. Maybe that plays in here. Do you have anything on 2018? Uh, 2018, they started fourth and they finished unranked. All right. 17, they went from ninth to fifth. Yep. And 16, unranked. Yes. Yeah. Last time they were unranked, beat LSU that opener and uh, jumped up into the top 10. Yeah. And then they finished, uh, yeah, number nine. So on to Wisconsin and the actual on the field stuff. From practices, I'll ask for your big takeaway, but also, are there any injuries to be concerned about? Because there's been a lot of chatter. I saw Braylon Allen missed a practice. I saw Bordellini went down. I saw uh, Jack Nelson was not practicing today. One big takeaway, two concerns. Yeah, so we'll start with the injuries, right? Uh, Braylon Allen didn't take part in the practice that we got to see on Monday. It seemed like it was a little bit of a, uh, a leg injury. Now, he was dressed today. 
and it seemed like as if he did take part in practice today. So I think it was just a cautionary thing, just a precaution, holding him out. Obviously, he's your your uh, your meal ticket to an extent with uh, on your offense, though certainly Ches Malusi and Isaac Garendo, I think, would be a big takeaway in terms of how good they've looked. The more concerning would be along the offensive line, where you have uh, Jack Nelson going down with what looked to be um, – a hand injury, it turns out it was a thumb. He had surgery on it, according to, to Evan Flood from 24-7 Sports, and uh, had a lig- torn ligament fixed in it, and he's expected back next week, but at least was in a soft cast slash... It was a wrap slash cast. I don't, know, I don't even know what, how, to, how to define it, but it, it, it caught you off guard there for a second because he was holding a, he was a little ginger with it and everything like that because it happened this week. Like He had surgery this week because he was practicing on Monday. So it's, uh, it's relatively recent. That that's notable, and then Tanner Bordelini, his flexibility to play almost any spot in the line, especially the interior spots under Bob Bostad, who likes him inside more so than anywhere else. Him going down with what looked to be a pretty serious injury initially, he needed help get off the field, wasn't really putting a ton of weight on it. Turns out um, that it was not as significant. He's going to miss time, but it's I don't think it's going to be like a season-ending injury for him. So those those three things certainly stand out. They had some cornerbacks that were out on uh, on Monday. Um, you know, Alexander Smith has not practiced at all in, in camp. And uh, did I see correctly that Leonard said he'll be fine for the opener or whatever? We know what he could do in our defense. So yes, but it's also a hamstring with a corner, and yes. so they're trying to hold off on it as long as possible to put him out there. Justin Clark, we know, has dealt with injuries throughout his career and and that's why he's a seventh year player he recently made the uh college football all geezer team i saw that of uh, the oldest guys. i was, one, was wondering if he's gonna make it or not because he's not necessarily a big name but if he plays his first year was 2016 do you see there's a guy in there that's 2015 no i missed that there's an eighth year guy in there um so but like he is if he's healthy he's your slot corner like he's a significant part of it so you want him in there alexander smith Maybe your best corner, though Jay Shaw probably may have something to say about that. But the way Alexander uh, played, like Jim Leonard loves him. So the quarterbacks, some of the offensive line, a little bit of concern. All right. I mean, the one thing that everybody is focusing on, and most people care about, frankly, when I get texts from my friends I went to school with, and they ask me about this season, they haven't followed as much in the offseason. The first question is always, Graham Mertz, can Wisconsin pass the ball? So from what you have seen, and from what you have garnered from those practices, I don't know the best way to phrase the question because I, I can't ask you if it's going to be good because the answer is who in the world knows. But I guess compare where we sit today to where we sat to this day last year where you said all camp that the offense has really struggled. And, the, and that might be because the defense is all-time good, Which but they? they've really struggled. <laughs> Sitting here today compared to that time, where does the passing game stand? The defense did turn out to be pretty darn good. But you were and the offense turned out to struggle throwing the football. You were right. Yeah. So last year, uh, you could feel it was going to be a really, really tough year. And it didn't make a ton of sense to me because I thought, you know, getting Danny Davis back, Kendrick Pryor back and all that. It just it didn't make a ton of sense. And yet they they struggled mightily. And this year they have had more success. And I will say this on Monday. uh, And please don't take (laughs) take this to mean anything other than what it is. He says that to mean whatever comes out of his mouth coming up next, take that to mean exactly how you explain Wisconsin's passing this year. 
they made more plays in the past game on Monday than they did in any practice in the last year and a half. So that's say, that's taking spring ball into account. That's taking last fall into account. And that's taking spring ball of 2021 into account. They made more plays in practice on Monday than they have made in the last year and a half. That's the good news, right? Very, very good news. The bad news, at least according to Paul Christ, and I know you have a take on this, is that it's not consistent. And it's it, they still made some bonehead throws um, that they would want back. I mean, I won't get into specifics because apparently that's not allowed. But like the, there were some there were some decisions, some throws that were made that 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 shouldn't have been made. And those are the ones that you can't make because in games they can kill you. We saw that against Penn State. But take that out of the equation. The plays that they made, and it was across the board. Dean Ingram, Marcus Allen. Um, Keontes Lewis, Skylar Bell, not so much Jim Ray DK, which is a little bit of a surprise, but the other four all made huge plays, great catches, diving catches in the end zone, 50 50 balls. Like it was just, it was as good as I've seen it. But you just have to remember that we've seen three practices, and that could have been the best practice they've ever had. And they've looked like they did last season in every practice that we didn't get to see. I just don't know the case on any of that. That's the problem with only seeing a total of four practices. Whereas last year we had eight or nine to go off of. That is number one. Terrific news. I am at least happy to hear the flashes there of something like that. I mean, what I am trying to wrap my head around is how they just get rid of the uh, easily, how they, how they fine tune the areas that are, you would think are easy to get better at, which is, you know, third down, fourth down, in the red zone situational areas where you need a quick decision made by the quarterback and an accurate throw, but it's not like, you know, we're talking CJ Stroud, 40 yard bomb down the sideline to Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's something simple. But that's the thing though. There were some of that. The, like the throw to Keontes Lewis, uh, that was from chase Wolf, put it just perfect right on top of him. The coverage is perfect. And he held on like for a 50 yard gain. But then you talk about the red zone tore it up in the red zone. Like Dean Ingram, was a problem in the red zone. He and I was I was talking with Alvis Witted about this. He's got a little bit of a feel in the middle of the field because he's played there a ton. Like he when he it was obviously on the other side of the ball being that slot, but he kind of knows what slot DBs are looking at, and right. he can kind of he can kind of work it. We talked to Graham Mertz today, and he kind of said the same thing. So he was open a ton in the middle on uh, on Monday, uh, just, and they found him, and he was able to make some diving catches down low. But he was he just. It feels like he just has a knack for finding open space in there, and that is huge in the red zone. But you also had Mark Salen going up and, like, not mossing people, but, like, going up and competing for 50-50 balls that didn't necessarily feel 50-50. It kind of felt like, you know, in Quintez Cephas, when you throw the ball to Quintez Cephas, it was kind of 70-30. That was kind of the way it was on Monday uh, in some of these situations. So, I mean, hearing all this tells me there is at least a reality there that those situations, red zone, third and medium distance will be shored up from there's nowhere to go, but up compared to how they were last year, especially to start the year. But if they can get even good in those settings, then you're looking at a pretty lethal offense. I'm not even talking about the, uh, the ceiling or anything hearing that it makes me happy. So I, I say all that to say, am I talking myself into the passing game, hearing that stuff a little bit? I still don't have faith at the end of the day, but hearing the way that you have phrased it compared to how it was last year at least tells me that there is some inkling there of maybe it could be okay. And yet I will, uh, everything I just said 
means absolutely nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Unless you go and show it in a game, and show it in a game that actually means something, if you can complete some of these passes on September 24th down in Columbus, that means something. That means that you've taken a step. Now, that may not happen. Does that mean the passing game isn't where it needs to be or the passing game is going to be horrible? No. Ohio State's really good. You're going to have three games to, to you know build up to that. But I need to see it in the games that actually matter because they did not do it for the most part in the games that matter. You could how many passes could you say that, sit there and say that they made in games that matter last year? Two. I could say two, back to back, almost back to back throws. Actually, Jim, three. I'll say two, and you can throw your third in there. I'm going to say two. Graham Mertz, Chimray DK, Graham Mertz, Chimray DK, touchdown, Michigan. Those are the two that stand out. Graham Mertz had a big boy completion to Ferguson earlier in that Michigan half. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, didn't yep. lead to anything, but he got crushed on the play. It and was delivered a, it a post corner, right? Yes. I. So I don't know. I, I I'm not buying in based on wh- don't what you you've think been it has saying. To mean something? It, it does. But here's the thing: what you just mentioned, it has to. They have to go to Michigan State, especially, and go do it against a good team in a hostile environment. However, I will note that ramp up you talked about the first three days. I would. Entering a season with a new offensive coordinator and maybe new schemes and a lot of new personnel and an offensive line that's somewhat of a new look and a quarterback that needs to get confident and needs to get better, I would much rather them start with three soft out-of-conference, soft defense games than have to go get their bell rung against Penn State week one. Isn't going to mean everything? I don't think so. I do. But I well, it's not going to be the I difference think la- between I think, no, I think last being season, good and being bad. I think last season would have looked a lot different if they don't start those games uh, against Penn State, uh, Michigan State, or I should say uh, Michigan and then Notre Dame, or is the other way around? Notre Dame, Michigan. Uh, if they don't start that three, if it's not the, if that's not three, of the first four, if it's say Rutgers, and, you know, and uh, some of the other teams that they played in the middle of the season, like a Northwestern. I think the season looks a bit different. I think they beat Penn State. I, I, I think oh, there's no well, doubt that they beat Penn State. I mean, they beat Penn State if they can hand the ball off on the goal line. Right, and I th- and not throw the ball directly to a guy in the end zone uh, because you called the because you were so predictable and they knew exactly what was coming. Like those are things that probably don't happen later in the year. I don't know if they beat Michigan. Probably not. Notre Dame, maybe not either because that would have been offensive. Their offensive line was a lot better. I know we got to take a break. All I'm saying is, yes, obviously, I think you'd always want to start with Cupcake as opposed to facing Penn State. I guess, yeah, the the final thing as we head in, you talked about how Chris kind of uh, tempered back and said, you know, we haven't looked like this the whole time. There's still uh, room to make progress. The exact quote is, there's times where you feel like we're making progress, and there's times where we need to take advantage of this camp because it's not where we want to be. That applies to the passing game and everything else we're doing. There's moments, but I think we're not where we want to be yet. When I read that, my first thought was, uh, if they look really good in a practice open to the media, maybe it could be Chris trying to downpedal it just a tad. And I, Obviously, people are going to say that the quarterbacks look better He's going to say that they haven't done this the whole time. I didn't read it as, you know, they've actually sucked. I've read it as, you know, let's let's take a step back and not get too high on ourselves. I didn't read it like that. And I know. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I just I just feel like they've had some up and downs. Like, I, I yeah. believe that. I believe that. And I also don't think it's some kind of a death sentence on the past game's been horrible either, which apparently some other people took as that's what it was. All right. We are woefully late for a break. We are going to step away. Coming up next, my bold predictions for the season. It's Kenny and Halperin. Stay right there.
This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back in. It is Kenny and Heilprin. As we said earlier, and as I will update on Twitter, starting on Tuesday, the 30th of August, it is game week. We are starting our show going forward Tuesdays and Thursdays, Tuesday from 6 to 7, Thursday, 5 to 6 p.m. live at Monks in in Sun Prairie. Come down. There will be a lot more information uh, about deals and such going on. But just to make a little mental note, that is happening not next week, but the week after as Wisconsin gets ready to play. All right, Zach, my bold predictions for the year and uh, your role is to I, I mean, they're bold. Like I had to go bold for them. So some of them may sound stupid, but I'm going to give you a verbal thumbs up or thumbs down. I, you, you can elaborate in a couple of sentences and call me an idiot. That's OK. Uh, number one, That's and thumbs down is for this is my uh, least bold one. But I think this year the red zone offense for the Badgers will rise to top 25 in the nation. That's a thumbs down. Last year, they ranked 88th. Yeah. And they scored only 80%, but that's just percentage scoring. That's not even accounting the fact that 33% of their trips were field goals, which when you're in deep, that's kind of a disappointment often, depending on the defense. Have you looked in the previous what they were? Previous years? I did not. I was... I was looking mainly because last year they go one for five against Penn State with that one rush touchdown and all the turnovers and the block field goal. They went four of six against Eastern Michigan. Remember, Mertz threw the pick six and they turned it over on downs. The first, no, they also had the, t- didn't they fumble down there too, didn't they? Maybe. So I maybe, I, I might have even missed one as well, but uh, they, six of their 10 total misses, I believe, were from the first two weeks, many of them easy, easily preventable. If you move those up and say they go four for five and five for six in those weeks, they're number 28 in the nation last year. So not only am I saying that the percentage chance of them scoring is going to get better, rise to 25th in the nation, but I think they turn a lot more into touchdowns. The offensive line seems to be set to be a lot better. The running game will be lethal. And I, I have faith in Mertz at least figuring out how to hit wide receivers in the end zone. They were 26th in 2020. That's kind of shocking to me. Well, they weren't there that often. Where do you think they were in 2019 under your boy, Jack Cohn? Probably low, because you're saying it. 47th. Interesting. But a lot of them were touchdowns. And, uh, well, also, they were explosive. When you're scoring explosive (laughs) tutties to to Taylor and to Cephas, then some of that is negated. So that's number one. Uh, The red zone. I'm going to be shocked if they're in the top 25. Okay. Well. Because that's just not them. It's bold. Write it down. Number two. I think Maryland, the game at home, Camp Randall against Maryland, is the closest crossover game they will have this season. Because you think they're going to get blown out at Ohio State. And win big at Michigan State. That is very bold. And I think Maryland, given what they have at wide receiver and in the passing game, all these guys were hurt last year. Dante Demas, Deshaun Jones, Rakeem Jarrett, the second best wide receiving core in the Big Ten. They can sling it. So they have the ability, if Wisconsin, because Wisconsin will play a little slower, they won't make many mistakes, if Maryland plays a lick of defense and a couple explosive touchdowns, you're looking at an eight point seven point game, which isn't crazy. But I think they can go win by double digits at Michigan State, and I think they will lose by double digits at Ohio State. I would totally agree with the Ohio State one. The last time they were at Michigan State, one big. It's been quite some time, twenty sixteen. Yep. That makes sense. All right. And my last one, I, I was flip flopping a little bit, but you know what? I'm gonna say it. The boldest of bold predictions. I think Graham Mertz, or I will predict in this format, that Graham Mertz throws 20 touchdowns this season. 
<laughs> Has he thrown 20 touchdowns the last two seasons combined? 19. Okay. So three easy non-conferences where I think if they are going to open it up ever, that is the time to do it, to just get Mertz into the swing, try things out, see what works. The The game and the result might not be in question. I think they're going to have to throw a lot at Ohio State. Michigan State secondary isn't great. So you could go away for the first five games. He could have, I don't know, 10, 11, and then you move forward and uh, maybe he picks them off in Big Ten West play. I Jack Cohn finished with 19, I believe, in 2019. It's 19 and 5, I think. Mertz could beat that if if he finds some rapport with the weapons and he starts off strong. It's, it's the out-of-conference slate, the runaway for this season that I, I'm focusing on for that. I think that may be the boldest prediction you've had. It is, because I don't have any faith it happens. Right. At, at least, let's start with more touchdowns than turnovers and go from there. <laughs> but uh, 20, that's the number. Uh, a couple honorable mentions quickly. Uh, if Mertz goes down, Wisconsin will miss a bowl game. Really? Which is a little bold. I think it's very bold. Uh, I mean, I would, yeah. Wisconsin loses to Nebraska for the first time since 2012. That's not bold. We'll get to that more in a week and a half. Um, and I think Chimray DK has a chance to best what Cephas did in 2019, which is maybe bolder than all of them, given the quarterback play. That's very bold. Very, it very is. bold. Uh, last time Wisconsin was in the top 25 in terms of red zone. When? Russell Wilson. Oh, well, there you go. We draw all the comparisons. The first quarterback since Russell Wilson. Maybe this is the first explosive offense since or since 2019, but the best red zone offense since Russell Wilson. Who knows? I can't wait for the football to actually start. All right, we have to take a break. We'll be back. Final segment, Kenny and Halprin coming up next. This is Kenny and Halprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back. It is Kenny and Halprin. About a minute till we're out of here. I'm off, Zach, uh, next week. Zach, yeah, we have we have big plans going on in my absence. I said when you were gone that week, it was like when you when you leave the kids with the cool uncle and, and there are no rules mm. when I was hosting alone. Yeah. Uh, but then the cool uncle, like, goes out to a bar, and then you're just there, and you invite your high school buddies over. Yeah. You're like, let's have a party. Did you have a party when I was gone? Uh, yeah, it was fun. Did you have anybody on? No. All right. Well, oh, I- yes. Yes, actually, I had Matt Bells on. Plenty to have people on. All right. Uh, that's it for us. Zach is here next week. I will be back. It's Kenny and Heilprin. See ya. Kenny and Heilprin. Thursdays from 6 to 7 and on demand at madcitysportszone.com.